Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness and opportunity in VFX, animation and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects animation and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hello, I'm Simon, founder and director of Access VFX, and welcome to season two, episode 15 of the Access VFX podcast. On each episode of the pod, we interview a different member of the VFX animation and games community and ask them the big 20 questions from the Access VFX vault. Every week, we invite talented folks from the world of visual effects animation and games, including heavyweights and those just getting started in the industry, and ask them about their journey from humble beginnings, big breaks and learnings, all the way through to shamelessly mining their brains for career advice and their thoughts on how we can create a more inclusive and diverse creative community. For our 15th episode, it's another great near-peer conversation, this time with Luke Gregg, junior VFX editor and new operator at Free Folk. Luke's career path so far is super interesting, having already been a primary school art teacher, a sports coach and a visual artist at a South London record label. We talk about studio running, being a positive force, asking questions a lot, and how he took creative inspiration from watching games trailers. We recorded this on Zoom last week, and what an interesting discussion, and a new take on career paths into a VFX studio. I think you're gonna enjoy this one. Anyway, enough from me. Pull up a chair, make yourself a brew, and we hope you dig episode 15 of the Access VFX podcast. Hello and welcome to the Access VFX podcast. This is season two, episode 15. It's me, Simon, and we are back in near peer territory for today's episode as we welcome a junior VFX editor and nuke operator who only got into the industry last summer, formerly a visual artist at South London-based record label South Space Records, a short stint as a sports coaching assistant and a Dulwich College alumni. Alumni, alumni, I never know how to pronounce that word. Please welcome, it's Luke Gregg, everybody. But welcome to the podcast, Luke. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Well, uh, thank you for uh, joining us on the pod, Luke. Uh, regular listeners will know we have a really nice balance of what we call near peers. So people who have been in industry for a short time. So I think our, I firmly believe our audience, particularly the next generation, the Gen Zers trying to get into industry, will really want to hear about your route into industry rather than somebody like myself, where I worked out I've been in industry for 25 years, which really depressed me. But um, yes, yeah, so you're a free folk currently, which is exciting. Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind couple of months um, starting out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like free folk, it's great. It's, um, it's just brilliant. Just in a really nice part of London as well. Good kind of little area. Great people. Yeah. People I've known kind of for a bit as well kind of when I was running for them and doing sort of things like so um it's um it's been brilliant and thanks for thanks for having me on it's, no you're very welcome you're very welcome it's great to have we, uh, you're our first free folk free folker on on the podcast <laughs> which is uh, equally exciting and you started last August right in at free folk so you're a full-blown lockdown covid on border how's, how's that been yeah, absolutely yeah no first first three interviews on on zoom couldn't have get the audio right so it was uh it was great it was it was really kind of shortly after i'd done an escape course and 
I, I kind of got a call one day and I was in, well, I was welcome to free float basically the next week. So a bit of a kind of pinch yourself moment with that. Didn't kind of see it coming. An opportunity arose and, um, and I just, I had to take it. It was the perfect opportunity to start out in the industry as a, as a visual effects editor, which was probably something that I didn't know really kind of the role before I was approached to it. And um, I just learned so much in, in that time. Yeah. For the uneducated, because we, we meet a lot of VFX artists and soups and producers, what does a VFX editor do? Well, so there's, there's quite, a lot of, quite a lot of things. It's a lot of overseeing edits of the show that come in, making sure everything's organised for artists, basically, to work on. It's kind of like the first step of, of the process in terms of, obviously, you've got bidding and stuff from producers. You've got that side of it first, but then it kind of comes through the visual effects editor and gets everything set up, applies any re-speeds, all that sort of kind of technical bits and pieces that, that can be quite difficult to begin with and just make sure that everything runs smoothly. You're kind of like a one-stop shop to of knowledge, if you get what I mean. It's a, you know, central point to try and, yeah, a central point of information. You get a lot of questions, which is brilliant because I love talking, but um, it's great. It's, it's a really kind of wide and varied role where you kind of see everything that goes on in a show instead of just kind of one shot at a time. Which is I love those roles. Those are the eye of the storm roles where you almost yeah. kind of, you kind of touch everything, you know, in yeah. terms of roles and, and levels within the studio, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. You talk to everyone as well. You talk to producers, talk to client side as well. Um, basically cool. everyone who's involved, involved in, in the project. Um, brilliant. Brilliant. But yeah, no, again, yeah, it's great hearing that route because uh, the, run, the runner route is quite similar, but obviously not as advanced. I mean, obviously you're in a full-blown role, whereas we used to say the same thing about the runner role is, again, yeah. the traditional runner role. I think it's quite different for runners now. I think it's quite tough out there for entry-level roles where you can't just kind of look over the shoulder of an artist, particularly if you're not adopting a hybrid return to work. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, it's, yeah, it is. We, I mean, we see it three flight we've got, got runners joined us recently as well who's um who's been shadowing kind of everyone in the studio now because we're kind of doing this obviously hybrid work at home but everyone kind of comes in twice a week and everyone's always in or someone is always in should i say so they've been with me for a bit as well tried to explain that kind of my entire workflow to him and it's um you can kind of see people switching off sometimes especially when you talk about <laughs> when you the effects it's yeah. uh, it's a lot of just a lot of a lot of text and stuff like that. It's um yeah, it's it's great. So before we open the vault, we're getting there. I just want to ask you one more kind of general opening chit chat question is uh you know what's the difference between work because obviously you're at the record label South Space for quite a chunk of time, you know. What how does the visual effects industry compare to working for a, a cool South London record label? It's surprisingly enough, it's it's um, it's more consistent hours. <laughs> Working, working for those guys um, was, you just, you kind of never really know when you are working. You've got kind of a sort of overview of like your week and stuff like that. You've got kind of weekends and sudden call-ups and shows and stuff, working till maybe like two, three in the morning. Haven't had to do that in the, in, in the visual effects industry. I probably won't do that, working till three o'clock in the morning. 
but yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real difference. It's similar sort of pace, but obviously you're working with completely different types of people. Music industry, you've got a lot of really in, almost insane character, eccentric people even that you, that you kind of meet on nights out and, and when you're playing shows and doing stuff like that, it's, uh, two very yeah so two two very different worlds but some comparables there as well yeah. for sure definitely the rock stars i think there's definitely some rock yeah. stars in the visual effects industry as well okay shall we open the, the vault luke i'm feeling that we need to get yeah put crack the code and, and open the, the iron doors so let's open <laughs> the access vfx vault and ask the first question which is where in the world are you and where did you grow up so i am currently in Earlsfield in South London and I grew up around here so I haven't moved very far it's I've always lived in this area it's been mm. kind of my here here kind of tooting um and then kind of closer towards the river as well so always kind of kept in this area it's um nice. for, all, for all my 22 years it's the second mention of tooting on the podcast. We had Mark Pinheiro talking about his time in tooting as well. So that was episode 13. So yeah, big up tooting for sure. And actually Earlsfield, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. My train goes through Earlsfield. I'll look out for you on the queue. Yeah. You've so, probably, I've probably seen you on the train. Probably. I'm not, I'm not that noticeable to be fair. <laughs> when I'm incognito, I'm uh, yeah, I'm pretty generic looking. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm coming from Epsom. So I probably go through Earlsfield all the time. So I'll keep an eye out for you, Luke, if I can recognise you with your mask on. Um, yes. Okay, so you grew up in Ellsfield as well. That's interesting. So yeah, stay put. Ellsfield represent always. Yeah. So the three words that describe you then, Luke. Another another firm podcast favorite and interview question allegedly is what three words would you choose to describe Luke Greg? To describe myself would probably be pragmatic, positive, and curious. Those are three words I feel like describe me quite well. Um, I'm very curious about everything, anything that kind of comes up, new stuff, new technology, new ways of doing things. It's, um, yeah, what drives me, I think, curiosity. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of curiosity as a, as a competency or a behaviour. I always get a bit excited when I ask that question because you went pragmatic <laughs> and positive. I thought you were going to go for the, the Luke Gregg five P's. I thought you were going to put the P in there to, you know, to have a, a model or a theory. I was thinking about that, but I thought it might be a little bit. You know, <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't say passion because it is one of my bugbears on the podcast. When people say passion, I'm like, everybody's passionate. You don't work in visual effects, right. you're not passionate. So, uh, thank you for not going there. Going there. Absolute pleasure. So, pra pragmatism and positivity. How does positivity show up for you then in your role? Do you think when do you need to dial that up? Well, so this is so when I'm because I'm asked a lot of questions all the time, you kind of have to be almost like a positive force on a project. It's really easy to just suddenly get yourself in a rut and that really kind of you can see that pushes on to people quite a lot so especially in this role and I found I have I'm, I'm always a very positive person anyway so I've just found that it just it just boosts people a bit more as well and when you have positive people around you it's like all the teams so amazingly positive the entire mm -hmm. time it just you just build off of each other and it's just such a lovely lovely thing to be able to you know be really kind to someone like especially working on on a show that's got you know tight deadlines and there's a lot of work and obviously people are doing different bits and pieces it's 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 just one of the things that i just really strive for every day sort of thing it's yeah i agree i mean you mentioned 
your role being that kind of either storm oracle type role that everybody has some connection with at some point in the pipeline and what you said about positivity something i'm only really learning later in life is how pos being positive generates positivity it, almost that people feed off it it's uh Absolutely. i've only really understood that of late you know that yeah it's it's infectious you know i think it, i think it just it just shows like with with everything that we do it's you have to be because it's it's such a it is a tough industry there's no kind of way of skirting around that at all it is it is tough and there are moments like in your week where you can kind of got a bit of a moment or yeah. something like that but um but you always know that there's someone someone on the team to kind of pick you up and you know just just give you that sort of boost that you need i feel yeah i agree i read a book recently that used the term positive affect so it's about having and approaching everything with positivity yeah. and seeing the good in it and actually that speaks to your curiosity as well it's all because that's about being it's about problem solving isn't it creativity you know yeah. finding a, a new way around a problem or a challenge exactly it is i think they go hand in hand it's i think i've probably become more positive like i sound quite positive but i've become as you as, as you as you were saying as well I've, I've you know obviously built up my positivity over the years and i think that just comes with confidence as well i think it kind of yeah it's true hand in hand with curiosity and confidence but that's it's not four words that describe me as three so it's okay, so you're not allowed four sorry <laughs> <laughs> horses bolted but yeah, I could talk about the idea of positive effect all day. I mean, I, I love the idea that it's almost like a conscious choice rather than something. Because you have people who are just naturally positive, right? Yeah. All those, those annoying people who are just happy. Yeah. I've, I've got loads of friends like that. Uh, and I'm like, rain it in, rain it in. But it's about that kind of no matter what, particularly working in our industry, because it is tough and they're kind of heavy, heavy duty shows. And sometimes you have to kind of dig deep and go that extra mile and just approaching that with positivity, just taking that team on that journey, whether you're leading a job or or a part of cogging the, the machine yeah just uh, yeah you're tackling it with positivity is, is huge so what inspires you luke what what gets you out of bed in the morning when well, juice is flowing yeah so this is this is it, i mean it comes back and i probably defaulted so quickly on the positivity thing but it's obviously it is the people around me and i know that sounds so it sounds so kind of almost generic but it's it is it's it's a real it's a real thing and i think i found that in everything that i've done mm. I've always, it's all, I've always been lucky enough to be surrounded by really amazing people. Just, just everyone kind of, it's, it's just, it's a real, it's the sort of thing where you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, someone's so-so is going to be at work or, you know, someone's going to be here. And it's also about the out of work sort of hours as well. You meet your friends through, through working on stuff together. Some of my kind of closest, closest friends are people that I've worked with for years at South Space Records. So going back to that but um but it is the people around me you know cut a long story short and also with that. <laughs> yeah but that's yeah that's probably a that's probably another one <laughs> it's a good it's a good answer and it's uh, i would say 98 percent. that's the official and analytic that i've pulled out of our podcast <laughs> guests all say the people all saying yeah. we have all levels of uh of, of creatives and production and and, and roles in, in the industry and everybody talks about the people. The people make or break the role. You could work on the most exciting show, but if the people aren't great to work with, then it becomes a bit of a nightmare regardless. Yeah. So we've got to that question. I teased it out earlier. You gave us a, a nice long definition of what a VFX editor does at Free Folk, but uh, yeah. the aliens have landed and you have to explain what you do for a living to at least one of them. <laughs> to at least one of them. Yeah, you always don't care. 
Yeah, I can't do that. Leader. I can do one on one. I can't do in a group. Yeah, you can have a mentoring session with them. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably, I, well, I'd say to them, almost like an overseer. They probably, they probably see that as as maybe slightly threatening. <laughs> but but I'd, I'd say that just a kind of central point of information, like a search engine, but not. I like that. There's economy of words. I'm all, all about economy of words with these definitions. And I think overseer would be a really nice intro into the world of visual effects and the moving image. And yeah, but overseer, like puppet master type. <laughs> so just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah moving well, the pieces around. Moving risk on. Style. Uh, we're getting into back into the real world or your formative years. You know, what did you want to be when you grew up? So the first one of the first things, and it was probably a silly idea because I loved chemistry at the time. I actually wanted to be a doctor <laughs> with biology and stuff. I don't know what it was. Wow. It was I don't know. That was that was one of the kind of things that I thought that I would do. Then I kind of reached 17, 18, kind of in my last two years of school when I was like, when I started kind of learning about Unreal Engine, and oh, yeah. Unity and that sort of thing. I was, um, I was more drawn to architecture, but not just architecture, more architectural visualization. Okay. Um, that was something I really wanted to do because I love kind of creating spaces and environments and mm. you know, that sort of thing, kind of living, not living spaces, but places you could see inhabited um, by people potentially. Mm. But yeah, doing, doing that sort of thing, always probably something technical I was always going to wanted to move into because I just was always so curious about all of those. Yeah, just, that's cool. All of that sort of, that side of things, the technological side, I think it kind of came back quite good time when I was 16, 17, like Blender was yeah, massive. kind of pick up, but yeah. Yeah, I think the timing for all of that, particularly that free software that you could just download, this is the particularly time. Blender. <laughs> this yeah. is the quickest time it's been mentioned on the podcast, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Yeah, it's been quicker, but no, I think it's good, good to get into it. And actually, it, what you've said speaks to what song, because I, you know, a lot of people think I just look on LinkedIn for my research, but I did find your ArtStation account. I can't find any of your work anywhere, by the way. You need to, but I, I found your ArtStation. Yeah. And it said that you, because obviously you had a short stint as a primary school art teacher. And what you've written about, uh, you want to teach coding as an attempt to change the perception of how art is taught in schools. Yeah. And I think what you've said around, you know, creating those environments, I mean, it's a bit like Minecraft, isn't it? But so much more advanced. It's like creating those kind of, amazing virtual spaces yeah. i think it, there's real opportunity there particularly with coding and and all the software that you've mentioned to, to really get under the skin of the next generation coming up and how they can apply those you know that love for gaming and and Absolutely. how things work you know i think that's where it started for me i think it was the whole the gaming side it was always kind of after school sort of like with mates that sort of mm. thing building stuff and it, yeah on minecraft and things like that it's it's weird to think back at it to now it's such a obviously huge game obviously it was back then as well it's not that long ago but um yeah. and you don't really think about how it how it kind of influences you and i kind of like got into the coding thing after slightly after school but during school as well actually computer science but um that was it was it was kind of kind of went hand in hand it was all that sort of looking at the architecture of games and stuff like that not just the actual architecture inside of games but also how they're made and stuff like that that's always been you know something that i've been really interested really interested in 
Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, I mean, this season, I mean, this is what episode, uh, episode 15 and uh, of, of season two, we've done loads of, you know, on, you know, season one was just like a mess of stuff. And we've rarely talked about kind of gaming. You know, we've talked a lot about the movies. We've talked a yeah. lot about, you know, particularly depending on what generation you represent, you know, we've talked about everything from, you know, The Matrix to Star Wars to, you know, seeing all these amazing shows and talking about how, you know, when you go to the cinema or you watch Netflix and there are people who break, almost breaking down the visual effects they see on screen, but nobody's really talked about that in the context of playing, playing games. Yeah, no, it's an interesting thing because the whole thing about, game side of things there's always something i always look out for whenever well i I do obviously i play games and i always look i always i'm so excited when a trailer comes out for a game i don't know what it is but the the work that people do on game trailers because it's such a short amount of time they're so perfect almost obviously there there are some bad trailers for everything oh yeah of course the way that they're thought out and kind of crammed into like that minute 30, minute 45, mm-hmm. two minutes, sometimes longer as well for, for other games. But it's it's such a, that that side of things, like it kind of all feeds into one. I think that's how I kind of got into the sort of visual effects was trailers. Yeah. So I love I loved playing them, but I was always waiting for those to come out. Um, the art of the trailer, particularly, yeah. And again, nobody's really spoken about games trailers, but you've got a point. I mean, I, at the life of me, I come, I'm not going to say the name of the studio because I'll probably get it wrong, but I went to the, the CGA Bel- conference in Belgrade pre-pandemic. I think it was 2020, I think. Yeah. And uh, we did a tour of the, the studios out there. And uh, there was a studio that just did games trailers. That was their, that was their, um, their purpose. You know, yeah. No different to a commercial studio or, a, you know, any other boutique. But they did these amazing, I mean, I'm not a big fantasy guy, but they did these full blown like Lord of the Rings style battles and yeah. swords and sorcery. And but the production values were just through the roof and they just did games trailers, which I thought was fascinating as a business model. Yeah. No, I think Blur Studio as well, Blur Studios. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, it's, yeah, it's all the, I mean, even all the stuff that Unity and Unreal and, and Epic even put out made kind of with obviously like real-time stuff, but also some kind of pre-recorded stuff that they, they do yeah. sort of tech highlights. It's just, it's fascinating, the whole, all of that, that, that side of things. I think that's what probably spurred me to become a visual effects artist or, you know, break into the more, mm. what you call it, uh, wanted to get into the visual effects industry. Yeah, yeah. Sort of catalyst for... Yeah, it's interesting just talking about it, isn't it? Because you almost it's almost counting, it's almost therapy, isn't it? You go, that's why I do this job. I yeah, that game trailer I watched about five years ago. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> so, education-wise, then, so you went to Dulwich College. Yes. So what what drove the decision to go and study there? And what did you study? Because again, your your LinkedIn profile is very minimal. So yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. The podcast researchers. <laughs> It's not been great. It's um yeah no it's not it's not a it's not a great LinkedIn profile. That's all right, man. You can work on that. <laughs> I was well, I was sent there. I I did looked at a few kind of schools. So that's when I I moved there when I was like nine. So that was a uh, yeah. So I was there from nine to eighteen. It just seemed like the perfect fit for for me. Kind of it's quite sporty. They had a really amazing, just incredible art department there, which I kind of discovered. Not massively late on, but probably like saying kind of early 17, 18 when I've really kind of applied myself to it. Kind of 14, 15, 16, G 
GCSE is doing doing art there was was just the most incredible thing. They've got an incredible like incredible incredible like teachers there, for, especially for, who inspired me to kind of do things that I probably wouldn't have done if I'd gone somewhere else. It was a lot of kind of visual artistry sort of stuff that kind of led me on to doing other things afterwards, but kind of moved away from the traditional like kind of sketching of a figure still life or something like that and moved on to stuff more kind of motion oriented yeah so, so less traditional um, yeah more, yeah more Absolutely. forward thinking in line with the industry as it is now in many ways yeah <laughs> I, I didn't have any kind of exposure to the well to the kind of wider industry and that sort of thing until i really started kind of researching you know all the software and stuff like that whilst i was still at school but they you know they were they were perfectly happy with me doing that and they kind of supported me in doing that which was which is really good it was incredible really it's great to be on a course that gives you that almost sandbox mentality where you get to experiment and try new things and new ideas and just be truly creative because yeah you're not working to a brief necessarily it depends where you go right I mean I, I went to a college where I got to we got to write our own briefs which was amazing also that will change changes doesn't it when you get into get into the game so yeah no absolutely it's it's a real it is a it's a it's a great thing it's mm-hmm. it's yeah and that was oh, I'll just stop there I don't know what so, I'm about to say. no no worries so yeah Dulwich College 9 to 18 and then you get into industry so be interesting I say interesting a lot don't I I'm going to be really aware of that now for the whole conversation <laughs> but it is going to be very interesting is uh what do you consider to be your big break into industry was it the the record label role or was it the the, the move to free folk so it was it was probably working for the record label because I did it I did it initially alongside working at school but obviously in a very minor capacity because I was working full-time at school I was obviously approached by by these guys, one of whom I did know from school as well, and said, do you kind of want to come and do some stuff for us kind of on the weekends and stuff? So I just started doing it almost off the back of what I'd kind of been learning in kind of A-levels and stuff like that, and then started to try and develop my own visual style, which has all now been removed from all my Instagrams and stuff like that, because I don't know, because it was just, a, it was, that, was a, that was a period in my life. But, um, yeah, I think it was. It was. It was. It was doing that alongside working in a school because I was mm. teaching and also learning at the same time, which is a really obviously completely different things. But I also found that what I was learning in terms of like time management, graphics, yeah. visual communication, I was almost applying it to to teaching some art stuff as well because I didn't do it, I didn't do the art stuff full time. Mm. I did it. I did it kind of a couple like a few days a week alongside alongside sports coaching because I've always had a passion for sports and it's it's kind of worked itself around that but I say yeah that it would be that and then also running at Free Folk which I did which isn't on my LinkedIn because I did it for so many I did it kind of like 16 for a few weeks and then 18 for a few weeks I kind of did bits and pieces and stints at Free Folk running which is somehow which is how it I was kind of led to or led to them calling me up because they wanted to give me a chance in the industry. So in terms of my actual, like my actual design and my actual creativity was probably the, the was probably working at South Space and then the actual break into proper visual effects 
in terms of you know obviously short form long form mm. was free folk but obviously like two completely different things and that's probably a very long-winded answer <laughs> no no i like the, i like the long-winded answers because there's there's a lot there's a lot in there to to unpick because it is yeah. uh, you know it's quite nice that you've uh, i quite i'm interested in your story because it's not the we speak to a lot of you know and again that the apprenticeship route is brilliant you know i'm a massive fan of apprenticeships where i've spoken to a lot of apprentices and you know I've, I've kind of interrogated the the that journey but just you know your journey is interesting because it is you know what it sounds like is somebody who really creative wants to create beautiful stuff and i quite i quite like that journey pre free pre free folk or i'm not going to say that yeah, <laughs> so right there pre free folk that journey of kind of teaching art doing the yeah. sports coaching you've got the south space record label role where you're kind of flexing your your craft then yeah. the running role and then almost it sounds like they almost you know off the back of the running experience they almost kind of sent for you you know actually yeah. got in touch and said look are you interested in this this position it's like almost you've sown all of those seeds and you know yeah arrived at free folk in what sounds like a really really cool kind of rung of the career ladder you know in the industry yeah. it's it was a real it's that's the thing so i always i always kind of kept free folk up to date with what i was doing that was the thing hmm. i was i was always kind of found myself kind of going in doing doing running at the time going oh what are you what are you working on at the moment and saying like oh we've got this we've got this music video that we're trying to make and we've got all these shows that we're trying to put on we've got played like you know show the other night or you know that sort of thing it was always they were always so interested to mm. see what what I was doing which is which I never take it for granted because they're just they're just yeah. so interested in kind of like what I was doing it's probably because I talked about it so much but I was so so kind of point in time obviously so passionate about about what I was doing mm. kind of the the kind of free reign to almost do what you want to do but also work within within something like you said earlier like setting your own brief sort mm. of writing your own kind of script in a way yeah uh, also working with people the same age and people make try and make it in the music industry and making it in the music industry and then working with like big artists trying to do that sort of thing it's just it's uh, just a real kind of everything just yeah. night and day sort of jobs but yeah yeah and again you know the, already it's a really interesting career journey and I'm sure it will continue into even more interesting, there's that word again, interesting, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, pivots and moves and lefts and rights. I mean, I think, it, yeah, I'm really excited for you. I think it sounds great. And building on that, again, the next fault question talks about your kind of favorite, the, the favorite job or project you've worked on. So obviously being at Free Folk for the best part of well, seven or eight months, you know, what, yeah. what stands out as your favorite project you've worked on with the team there? So I've only, so well, so I've been on, technically three projects we're on i'm on i'm on two projects at the moment mm -hmm. um, and there was a first project as well that we that we were they were working on as i joined and it was it was quite a small project so it was a it was only kind of a few shots a few cleanup shots and stuff like that so it was a perfect almost introduction to my role and that was that was really fun because i was obviously learning stuff and i was figuring out all the all the software that we use, the pipeline, that sort of thing. That was really good. This current project that we're on at the moment is, well, yeah, that many months in. And it's 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 such a fun, such a fun project. There's such a like wide variety of, of shots and it's for it's it's a really like really good show as well. It's just a really it's yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting show and it's a lot of the work that we're doing is just 
I kind of, it obviously I said like pinch me, pinch me moment sort of thing. But when you see like what the, our artists are working on and animators and stuff like that, we've just got an amazing team of things and it just makes us so excited for it. It goes back to what you said about being in there and people and that, that level of talent. Yeah. You know, it's really humbling, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So building on the the favourite job, we have a question which we call kind of the most challenging job, historically called the worst job, but then we reckon that's quite negative and there's not no such thing as a, a bad job, but we've changed it to what has been the most challenging. Is it, I mean, it could be too soon to say because you're quite early on in your career and like you say, three projects in, perhaps they've all been dreamy. Yeah, and they, they have, they, do you know, they have been dreamy. It's, this has been challenging, obviously, coming from, from almost, obviously starting off. This has been challenging at points in this job, especially around delivery times and stuff like that. That's a new thing, you know, like tech checking, all the technical stuff. It's, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff obviously trained in Nuke and that sort of thing, but the volume, I think the volume of work sometimes can be quite challenging, but that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the sort of thing that kind of try and yeah. take in my stride. This, yeah, this, this, challenging in, in some ways but um there's good challenge and yeah. it's a busy like you say it's a busy busy industry and, and again i'm sorry to keep coming back to your your three words but you know keeping positive seeing the, the yeah. good in the, this opportunity because it's a busy it's a busy industry and it's, it's the biz, i think it's the busiest time for the industry that i've seen anyway i mean in my my career particularly within this industry it's crazy out there there's a lot of work yeah there's a lot of work and a lot, a lot to fight for a lot of yeah a lot a lot of just a lot of people working as well yeah so, yeah so let's move into the what i affectionately call the geeky section um yeah. so it's kind of a quick fire ish round but let's go in and i'm going to start with who do you have a and i, I use the term vfx broadly because we're access vfx but vfx yeah. can be animation it can be music and it can be gaming who is your vfx hero luke greg so i would say i don't know if it's been said before but andrew price and glenn McGurry himself <laughs> yeah just hasn't yeah. been mentioned the start kind of the first well, probably one of the first kind of people that i i was like watching on youtube for learning blender how to make a poolable kind of scene or like <laughs> a donut i think is is the the donuts the the big one if there are any andrew price fans out there. <laughs> i think we've got a good, a good few. i know a few already i could name check on the podcast yeah yeah we're so, very happy you've mentioned andrew price it's, um, yeah, I think it's just brilliant. Just great explaining things and just seems very, just, he just taught things in such a great way mm. and still does obviously make videos about some stuff. And it's probably moved on to obviously slightly different things as well. Yeah. That's that, that initial, like, that was probably the first name that I could say would, would pop up in my mind um, in terms of like an actual, like, learning from right. sort of, of person that's probably what inspired me to start using the software that i did yeah did you build a lot of your blender knowledge from online tutorials youtube yeah. out of interest absolutely yeah no it was because i didn't know anyone around me who was who was using it mm. i didn't, didn't obviously like teachers and stuff and that sort of thing they didn't use blender at all so i learned so much stuff online and i spent years doing online tutorials but that was kind of how I started learning you know the ins and outs of Nuke I mean as everyone kind of does like yeah yeah hours of going through things but I've always I've always done that I think with everything coding Unreal Engine 
just learning online and yeah. learning from these people who, who who impart their knowledge to so many people for for for, for free but it's also yeah it's, i think so many careers have been launched off the back of just youtube tutorials yeah, yeah i'm talking specifically to around you know the visual effects industry but yeah we have always spoken about the resource that's out there but hearing it firsthand in this episode about someone who pretty much built their knowledge online and then took it to industry i think is amazing but yeah no it's he's yeah great and there's there are like so many more names as well that i can think mm. of like, with like individuals who just who 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 kind of probably when i was like moving moving up and you know figuring my own stuff out it's like yeah like ian hubert who's another guy who does film as well he's a filmmaker but he uses use blender for, for everything and some of his stuff's just incredible it just does a kind of mix of he does those really quick see the, the really short tutorials they're like 30 seconds long where he does sort of builds a scene in like 30 seconds like kind of does stuff with kind of photo textures like extruding edges and stuff like that to make like a building and stuff like that it's the whole but he did it in such a way it was like really comedic and like edited and stuff like that that's like more of a when i was actually learned like learned the software that's the sort of thing i was like oh i can do that like it's just little shortcuts and stuff like that it's about um, yeah it's tips and tricks isn't it hacks yeah and, yeah exactly and that's i think that was the, that was like so i found him quite kind of further on and that really that i think that really helped because i'd already learned how to use the software not obviously not to an expert expert level to to just see like little bits of knowledge just kind of imparted through that yeah. like quick format and stuff like that it was really really helpful for myself i've probably learned more more of that with my actual craft that way in a way yeah you're sharpening your skills aren't you like tutorial yeah. by tutorial like i say these lovely little yeah. bite size watching on the train you know it's sharpening your tool set so getting deeper into the geeky section what's the best vfx shot or animation you've ever seen so yeah so this, i was i was really thinking about this one and i rewatched road one the other day oh yeah and there's this one shot where i think that over Jeddah, it's like the weather where they where they've all gone and it's the old town and the death stars like the first time i think they used the death star laser mm -hmm. and there's just one shot of it and it's really really quick where it's kind of like warmed up and it's literally almost shot for shot the original star wars film mm -hmm. and it's this I think it, there's no music in it at all it's like a 20 frame shot mm -hmm. like the start yeah, of the shot explosion, kind of starting to move the clouds and stuff like that and it kind of stuck out to me and then it obviously kind of that whole little sequence so not that shot mm -hmm. the whole sequence is just really well edited and really suspenseful and then you only see the visual effects like the main visual effects shot for like 24 frames and it's just it's sort of like a perfect little yeah a little vignette yeah it's great little i just loved it i just like i saw it there again that's the one i need to talk about no that's a great shout that's a great shout and uh, yeah rogue one i mean i love rogue one it's i mean it's arguably one of the best star wars films i want to be careful what i say here because there's a lot of um a lot of big fans that listen but it's a it's a good it's a good it's a good entry in the star wars canon and that's it that that short scene is amazing but building on the the best shot you've seen is there a show that stands out as a masterclass for you? What's a, what would be the pinnacle of the art form if you had to go into your head scenario? Yeah, so I, about a month ago, I finished Foundation on Apple TV. 
Okay. And it was, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a show I had no idea about. I hadn't seen anything, anything about it. There was such a mix of visual effects. There was a load of, it was just, it almost had every single thing, like every single type of visual effects in it. Invisible effects, kind of obviously like, just as, as obviously these big shows do, but it was, the scale of it was insane in some shots. It was just incredible to see like these huge, let's talk about like space again. It's obviously like, it's one of these things, I don't know. Science always fiction, man. Me, as, as it has probably a lot of people, but the, yeah. the scale of some of the, the environments and like all the, all, there's not probably like a single shot. Obviously there's always gonna be one or two shots in a show that probably, you know, obviously depending on time spent on them and stuff, but throughout it was so consistent and so well done. And it never seemed to be like, it never seemed to like stick out. You know, some, some shows obviously it can kind of stick out some of these things that it is visual effects, but it was great. It was just the scale of everything yeah. and how long. I think it was, was it Rodeo who I think probably worked on it the most. Yeah, I know the show you mean, it's on my, my list of things to watch. You've reminded me that I need to, it's like a, every, every podcast is one recommendation for me personally, selfishly that I get out of it and I do, it comes highly recommended as a piece of science fiction. Because I had no, had no almost intention to watch it because I, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen anything about it. And I think I picked it up one day because someone said to me, oh, you really need to watch this. And we know you like visual effects. That's so what all my friends say, we know you like visual effects. And we're like, okay, mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. give it a go. So yeah, so I watched it without watching the breakdown for it first, which I usually do. Oh, good for you. With loads of shows. <laughs> I usually like ruin a lot of the shows. <laughs> Yeah. Before I actually watch them, I'm watching the visual effects reels. I get, oh damn, yeah, that's, that's yeah. You want to get you want to get sucked into the story. You don't want to be kind of breaking down all the shots yeah. as you watch it. It's a, it's a piece of storytelling, isn't it? At the end of the day, and that's why it was. This is why it was so good because I didn't feel at any point I was just like, this is. I was like, yeah, of course it is visual effects, but I didn't ever get taken out of the story because it just meshed so well. I'm gonna I'm gonna move it up the the watch list on my. Yeah. Apple TV subscription, other other platforms are available. By the way. <laughs> so, and uh, guys, the final part of the geeky section is around character design. So is there a great character realized for you? What's the best one? So best character design that I, well, the character design that sticks out to me is the Prowler in Spider-Man. It's into the multiverse or into the, is that the name? Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, that's yeah. the one. Into the Spider Verse, because because of like the animation of of the character and also just like the soundtrack behind him was just incredible. Really cool character design as well, and a really cool bike. I think everything just kind of gelled together to create this really cool character. And I was thinking, like in terms of, like vi visually, he was really cool as well. But mm -hmm. just every single bit and piece that they'd done to kind of create this character or design the whole aura around him was was really cool. And I, it just stuck, it stuck out for me. And probably because of the soundtrack to it as well. Yeah. Really. I find myself a lot like motivated by sounds of things a lot, but obviously that's cool. Yeah. Going back to- It's a big part of it. Like we talked about the uh, the soundtrack of uh, a good uh, reel. Or, yeah. a good, or a good breakdown. <laughs> or a good exactly. VFX breakdown. And they got this perfect. They got it perfect. No, it was an, it was an amazing, amazing show that was. I mean, felt like a truly piece of original yeah. kind of uh, creative and, and filmmaking when it came out. I think that's what, I think that's probably what boosted it as well, because it, mm. I had to be something that 
it's clearly off the wall yeah. yeah just incredible animation and all of that so we're going to reverse out of the geeky section now. We're going to get into the, the final furlong of uh, advice. And uh, the first is uh, the best piece of advice you've ever received. So can you remember any sage words of wisdom in part? So paraphrasing slightly would be never stop asking questions. Exactly. This is a really good piece of advice that a teacher gave me. Probably because I was doing some, some stuff that wasn't being taught. So I did, I asked a lot of questions, a lot of kind of like, a lot of questions kind of like YouTube comments, that mm. sort of thing. Then kind of found forums online with kind of like, and Facebook groups even, but yeah. not, to, not to use the Facebook word, you know, groups on social media to ask questions. But yeah, that was the piece of advice, never, never stop asking questions. And I, I think that really helped me. Yeah. And it's probably quite a generic one. It's, no, well, it's, it's, yeah. it's in line with your your three questions. You know, we've, we've come, we keep coming back to positive and that's the curious, isn't it? The curious yeah. person in the universe. That's what it's about. It's about, you know, again, be inquisitive, yeah. always, you know, asking questions, interrogating stuff. It's so yeah. important. <laughs> yeah, interrogating. I've done that a few times, you know, with 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 harder to, harder to answer questions. I've had to you know, stick at it for a bit, just yeah. to try and figure out exactly what's going on. You have yeah. to do that, I think, sometimes. I think you've got to do it. You're asking mm. the right questions. So, yeah. so the, the next question is slightly different, and it's what we call the imposter syndrome question. We ask all of our guests it, and the question literally is, have you ever felt out of your depth or that you were faking it until you make it? I think so, 100%. I mean, yes, there is always, always periods of time where I'm just kind of, you just kind of know when you're slightly out of your depth and that's I think it's fine to be that but yep. it's it's when you're trying to learn when you realize that you're learning I think is when you realize that everyone's also learning around you at the same time so you kind of you kind of you start you start not feeling so much of an imposter when you realize that other people are learning at the same time yeah um, and there's always someone to help with things always someone who knows so much stuff about a certain topic or, or and whilst you might know something that they don't i think that's when you realize that, that everyone feels it and totally i do i do you do feel it and you can do it you can feel it like day to day as well just even in a certain moment in the day you can just completely feel like you know yeah thank you and you've listened to the podcast, you know, everybody says the same thing and yeah. they ask this question yeah. and yet to meet anybody who doesn't suffer from it. And the more I'm learning about imposter syndrome, whether it's personally or through doing this podcast is yeah. it's actually important to have it. I think it's, it keeps yeah. you humble. It keeps you grounded. You don't go in believing your own hype and thinking you're the, you're the, yeah, the, you're the big creative in the room who knows everything or you're this the subject matter kind of expert, you know? I think it's a good litmus test for people. Yeah. And you just kind of, you just kind of know if you're if you're feeling that feeling then then there's you haven't you haven't quite got to it yet you yeah. haven't quite got to the outcome that you might want or something like exactly. that if you go into something without feeling like that you just no. yeah. feel feel the fear and do it anyway isn't it that's the exactly. uh, that's the book uh, the book recommendation so again another hypothetical we've done aliens uh we've done all kinds of retrospective uh, questions this is the one where you go back in time to visit your teenage self which won't be that long ago will it <laughs> um yeah. yeah if you could go back what advice would you give yourself yeah so i'd say keep doing what you're doing at the time 
don't go to university (laughs) and just stick with the people that make you feel confident because you'll get opportunities with everything if you apply yourself to it yeah there's a lot of yeah i'd say that i said that to myself i would say that to myself just kind of also take the opportunities that you don't think even if you don't think they're going to lead anywhere just try them out Hmm. i mean yeah say yes you never know say yes to any any job opportunity maybe not any but you know (laughs) yeah yeah there's there's some there's some logic in that the the yes man mentality isn't it just say yes and see see what happens but uh, yeah, I like I, mean, I like the overarching advice, which is just keep doing your thing. Just keep, you know, it's all it's all good. You know, surround yourself with people, good people who champion you and support you and have your back. You know, and it's a yeah. huge one. Confidence builds that way as well. I think when you do that, yeah, yeah no, I completely completely agree. So similar question. I always find it odd that I put these back to back, but it kind of works. So we've done advice you give to your teenage self. What do you mm. wish you'd known when you were starting out? slightly different slightly skewed yeah so i would say it's actually okay to take a break you've got to give yourself a break yeah you're not expected to work the entire time even though you think you are you just gotta you know have your weekend have your have your nights do something that's not visual effects related on the weekends you know yes please yeah do do whatever you want to do just don't 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 spend hours watching your breakdowns you know that's don't be defined by your your job title exactly <laughs> exactly because you're not used no like no use then when you're burnt out one yeah. that's probably a, it's probably a bit of a, a forward way of saying it but yeah no yeah. i think it's important that's what this podcast is for it's for real talk and i, I think it's fair i think it applies to career yeah applies to careers at you know, whatever level you're at it's okay to take a break it's okay you know crikey i mean who wants to be watching youtube breakdowns and you know you know watching a movie and like you talk about how it got made just just in short yeah i don't know completely what i'm saying is i completely agree with you i'm I'm in danger of rambling again so again we've probably touched on this already but i'm going to ask it anyway which is the uh, what show or time in your career did you learn the most and why Uh, i know you've been on some interesting projects already but uh, yeah what's been the big learning curve for you I've I've kind of got there's there's two sort of define the two moments that kind of stand out to me. One of them was a was was about three works three three weeks into working at Free Folk mm-hmm. when I everything's just slightly everything clicked just kind of everything came together. I learned how the kind of the student run it's that sort of getting over the initial nervousness of meeting new people. And that's when everything that's. I started learning more, I feel, then because I'd got over that initial kind of nervousness of just, you know, meeting, meeting, not to repeat myself, but meeting people, learning pipeline, a lot of information kind of in, in, a, in a short amount of time. That's when, that's when I started learning properly kind of how to do my job and actually like applying myself to it properly. And then another time, well, it's probably the second time, but I'll get into it anyway. We'll take, we'll take two times. <laughs> two times. And then also <laughs> before we played a festival, working working with another with a, with with one of my one of one of my friends, South Space Records, we started doing a kind of our own little thing as well at the same time, part of South Space, but mm-hmm. played a festival and there was two weeks to get everything together. And we spent almost two weeks together 
working on this, this, this working on setting up a show. And it was then when I realized that it's so important to work with someone that you, that you trust so completely. So I learned so much about myself working in such, such a short or such a, a such amount of work in such a short time. You know, I'll probably cut that bit out. It's, it's no, no, I hear that. On. <laughs> but yeah, it was a crazy two weeks yeah. of getting everything together for, for a show festival. And that's a short, short deadline. Was, yeah. 50, 50 loops and 50 visual loops to get made and some big big task yeah i like that so you kind of got the the onboarding experience of free folk through you when it starts to click once you're especially getting your head around pipelines and then the uh the festival deadline from hell where you at least you, you had somebody who you're collaborating with you actually completely trusted and again it goes back to what you said about you know people i feel like we're going back to that a lot <laughs> no, that's good it's, it's a good theme we need a good theme on these these episodes so we're going into the final big three now. So quick fire round. What would you change about the VFX or animation industry or both? But what's the, what's the thing that needs to change? Yeah, so this is, this is, this is something I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. I think, I, think, I think something that I would not necessarily change, but maybe like say to people is that, or, or try and, let's just say, let's say telegraph to people would be making, like, making sure you know you can ask for advice just whenever. It's, I think there might be like a, I don't know what I've, like, what I've seen from working it for such a short amount of time. I think people are sometimes scared to ask for advice when they're working on things, but you, I think you just have to, you just have to kind of take the plunge of it and just ask for advice as much as yeah. possible permission isn't it like you have permission yeah. to ask the questions to ask advice to ask for support mentorship whatever that may be and i don't know if, i don't know it might, might just be me kind of i don't know noticing noticing things just with with not just not just in you know where i work and stuff like that but also with other people people do ask a lot of questions but i think some people are slightly afraid to ask to know that they're allowed to ask the questions i don't know that that sounds a bit not yeah. at all. It sits with the, the imposter syndrome thing. It's about, you know, you imply, you're employed to do a role and yeah. you feel like you should know how to do something or you should know how to, you know, put that bell or that whistle on the thing, you know, and people don't ask questions and they just get caught up in all kinds of anxiety. And instead of just going, put your hand up and go, hey, I need help. Can you support me? And yeah, I completely agree. That's it. Yeah, we should have that above the door when people walk into Absolutely. the studio. I think that kind of plays into the whole mental health thing as well, because I feel like people can get quite yeah. kind of cuped up in themselves. And I certainly, I've certainly done it. Like, you know, you just, you just have to kind of ask advice and the guys at Proof are so good at yeah. that. Like just kind of always checking up. And that's the thing, like we've got senior artists who've been, who've been working at Proof for years and years and they know, they know how everything works. And, you know, they know absolutely everything about the company. They've all known each other for so long. And so, it's just that sort of thing. It's just like you just gotta see, just gotta take a plunge with it sometimes. Completely agree. So into the industry advice question now. What's one thing? A lot of things I'm asking you today, but what one thing can we do as a step towards a more inclusive and diverse industry? So I think that we should, especially I think it's coming back coming coming from this whole teaching thing, because I've always been 
I've always taught kids and and like you know young younger people. I think what would be really great to see would be more education for early ages, like not obviously really young, but kind of when people are starting to get into their sort of sort of rhythm with things and starting to become more independent, like maybe 14, 15, 30, like that sort of age, it'd be great to see almost like a, just start teaching kind of more visual effects related stuff at schools. And I know there's, it's, it's, it's difficult to do that with like kind of across, across, across the country, but I think almost like a showcasing kind of visual effects young people because everyone's online at the moment everyone's everyone's so savvy with tech now especially younger not everyone but i think maybe introducing that sort of opportunity to wider array of people and from a young from a young from a younger age yeah it's what you know we're trying to do as access vfx is get you know get you know raising awareness of careers and visual effects from you know i mean our mentor our mentoring program is available to young people as young as 13 and you know we we've done we've done events at primary schools but we need to do more i completely agree with you i think i think it's what you guys are so so great it's almost wish i'd always known about you guys before i started started almost my kind of my journey I mean, that's why we exist is we want to create yeah. those light bulb moments at a young age yeah well, we're going for a big finish now, Luke. Are you ready for the big career advice question? The golden nugget of yes. advice for anyone trying to get into industry. What are you going to leave people with today? Networking with everyone. Yes. Even if it's in the most unspecific place, if you're out and about, if you're party, if you're with friends, if you're at parents' Christmas dinner party, not to, you know, what go go off experience but just keep asking questions to the people that even if you don't think they work in visual effects you might find out that they do that's happened to me a few times i've got a few jobs through just probably being really annoying not too annoying it's everyone's very happy to impart knowledge i feel i think people do love talking about themselves and i've it's you kind of see that especially when people are really passionate about stuff so if you find someone who's really passionate about talking about what they do, then they're probably a good person to either get in with or to to learn from. But yeah, it can come up in the most random places, I think. I agree. Yeah. Event can be anywhere. The one thing I've learned is you're always one conversation away from changing your life. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. And and networking is absolutely and I'm not just talking about networking events like you say it's about all these exchanges that you have and it's very much at the heart of our industry as well which is a which is a good thing people do i agree people do love talking about what they do in this industry and that's not a criticism they love to talk about what they do so capitalize on that ask the questions like you say be curious be positive and it doesn't have your linkedin no linkedin seriously you know i don't think particularly gen generation z aren't on LinkedIn. So we've got to find other ways to get to them. So I completely agree with you there too. Luke, I'm going to, I'm going to close the vault on you now. And uh, Luke, that was great. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, is there any way or any route we can find to find your work? Where can we see your work? Well, so the work that will be coming out um, will be on Netflix somewhere in the future. Oh. Um, Excellent. 
well maybe speak to the powers that be in free folks see if you're allowed to tell us and then we can put yeah. it in the show notes when the uh, the episode goes out I, yeah i will i'll find that out i think they said that i could but it's that sort of thing when you're asked the question you're like well am i always like, always err on the side of caution Luke. i think they said give you any advice people. yeah <laughs> yeah never um, assume yeah, yeah totally and also yeah check out south space records as well yeah a lot of a lot of my favorite work and my most early work and some of my best work I think of my actual stuff along with the guys there so yeah South Space Records it's brilliant independent South London record label excellent that's a great place to leave it cue the cue the sirens as we say South London record label (laughs) (laughs) love it mate thank you very very much for your time Luke good luck with everything at Free Folk and I hope to bump into you in the near future in person absolutely thank you take care man all the best well that was episode 15 of the access vfx podcast another content rich conversation nice one luke so important to clear this one up the belgrade based vfx studio that produce high-end video games trailers that i noted in this episode but couldn't recall the name of is bunker vfx apologies to studio heads anna and costa for my shocking memory Go check out their awesome work though at bunkervfx.com. You will definitely not regret it. Before you go, a couple of things. Please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, subscribe, and leave us a review if you fancy it. And most importantly, please get involved with our Foundry-sponsored global e-mentoring program. If you are based in the UK, USA, Canada, Australia, or New Zealand, you can sign up for free to get an industry mentor or be a mentor yourself to folks aspiring or just getting started in the visual effects animation or games industry. Go to www.accessvfx.org forward slash mentors and change someone's life. Thank you, Luke, for being a great guest and for telling his story. Thanks to Tom Box for producing it and for the graphics. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Come join me next week where we speak to another inspiring member of our community. Thank you.